I also really enjoy this cheese because I feel like this, the flavors that are produced with this age profile mm-hmm. are like kind of the most symbolic or emblematic of our like kind of dairy and farming systems here mm-hmm. at Chalmers Farms. So like that, like buttery flavor, yeah. you know, that's due, I feel in part to the breed of cows that we use, the, the brown Swiss with those elevated levels of butter fat. Yeah. Welcome to Curtis the Word. I'm your host, Britt. And fun fact about me, I love cheese. I love cheese so much, I let it completely change my life and I've never looked back. And chances are, if you've found this podcast, you like cheese too. Each week, I'll take you on a cheese-filled journey where we taste it, learn about who makes it, super cool spots to buy it, and more. So whether you're looking for a new cheese to fall in love with or just trying to figure out the fancy words in the deli case, come hang out with me and let's have a good a time. Hi, cheese friends. Welcome back to episode number six of Curd is the Word. I'm your host, Brittany, and I still very much love cheese. I will say I did already record this episode and I've decided to just completely delete it and re-record it. I've been going through like a lot of shit lately. I'm doing IVF, we're trying to start a family, and these hormones are truly no joke. And today is really the first day I kind of feel like myself. I uh, attended this really cool women entrepreneur meeting last night in my town with other like-minded small business owners, and I brought the cheese. And I have to say, shopping for that cheese plate really just kind of brought me back to myself a bit. And I don't know, I kind of was just like, I need to re-record this episode because I feel like me instead of the a little emotionless version that was here before. So I just want to say I'm back for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you're going through your own struggles, I'm going to steal this quote from a girl I used to take soul cycle classes from. Her name is Nikki. And she would always say at the end of every class, my DMs are always open and be nice to other kids at the playground. And I'm going to steal that because my DMs are always open. I am more than happy to talk about my experience, my journey, anything you want to know. Just know you're not alone because that can really be the most isolating part of this. So, and also too, I mean, I always talk about this, but cheese does make you happy. And yesterday I had a gift card and I was just buying some really great cheeses and to watch everyone just like fall in love with this Jasper Hill Harbison, ah, really just kind of made my heart feel whole. So let's get into it. Today's episode is so much fun. I've got my first guest on. And actually, this is so great because he was a guest on Cutting the Curd very recently. So if you want to hear more about like the history and everything of where he works, I highly recommend just going to check out that episode of Cutting the Curd because this episode is all about the cheddar tasting that we do. And I know a lot of my audience is people just kind of like dipping their toes in the cheese pool. And so on that note, like cheddars are very different, you know, depending on their age, um, how they're made. Are they wrapped in cloth with lard? What kind of milk is used? um, And like things of that nature. So even though we're only talking about cow's milk cheddars here, they vary. And also too, I guess, thinking back, There's also smoked cheddar, which is like a whole nother category of cheese in itself, of smoked cheeses. And maybe we'll get to that one day too. Anyway, another reason this episode inspires me too is because I was looking for cheese events as I'm going through everything personally. 
And I was just so tired. And I sent out an Insta story saying, please tell me, shower me with your events. Like, I am happy to talk about them. And I did get a number of responses, and that also really fills my heart. So I apologize to those who sent me cool events that already passed. Again, I was exhausted. I do appreciate you even just telling me about them. But to those of you who did send me events that are coming up, stay tuned because I'm going to dive into those right now. On October 4th at 6.30 p.m. in Miami, Florida, Julia Gross, who runs the Instagram account Cheesemonger at Large, will be hosting a mezcal and cheese pairing over at Yolanda Mezcalria. She'll be joined by Miss Agave, who also specializes in mezcal. She's a pretty famed bartender in the region. And this is what Julia is calling her last mezcal and cheese pairing of her 30s. So we wish you a happy early birthday, Julia. And I will say, if you ever are more interested in mezcal and cheese pairings, definitely give Julia's Instagram account a look. She was also featured in Forbes to discuss the connection between mezcal and Mexican cheeses. And it's really just such a unique approach to cheese and cheese pairings. I mean, we've all heard wine and cheese and beer and cheese, and those are great too. But mezcal and cheese, definitely something worth checking out. On October 5th, we have my very own cheese class that is in collaboration with the Summit Soiree of Summit, New Jersey. Nothing too crazy here, just probably a little bit of a fall-themed cheese tasting and pairing, walk through a couple different cheeses, who makes them, how to buy them, what they taste like, and then we'll put them all together on a really beautiful board. And I ordered some really cool hardwood boards from a place called Lipper, and my students, I guess I can call them, will get to take them home. If you want more information, you can see that on my website. It's funny, the next event here, I just wrote the dates and I left it completely blank because I am so involved. Uh, again, the weekend of October 7th and 8th is the annual Little Falls Cheese Festival. And this is going to be, I think, kind of like the Vermont Cheese Festival. Just tons of people coming out of the woodwork to just taste amazing artisan cheeses. I'm thinking mainly from like the central New York region because there's a whole world past Albany and like Saratoga Springs and there's a lot of good cheese and good wine out there too. So that'll be a whole day of just a great time, great samples, and also, you know, check out some new vendors and restaurants and whatnot. And then the following day is going to be the inaugural New York Cheese Council meeting. And this is certainly going to be a meeting of the cheesiest minds in the New York region. So if you're planning on going, shoot me a DM. I'd love to meet you there. I'll be there wandering around. I even, I'm crazy. I ordered some Bee's Cheese sweatshirt. So if you see me walking around, please grab me and say hello. Also on October 8th, Life Love Cheese, who is run by Kimmy, who is just a dream of a person. She's hosting a raclette pop-up using Jasper Hill Whitney cheese, which if you haven't had Whitney yet and you're into Alpine cheeses, please go get yourself some and thank me later. Uh, this will be held in Malden, Massachusetts at Idle Hands Craft Brewing. And Kimmy has loads of other events coming up too, as well as different farmer's markets. So definitely give her a follow on Instagram at lifelovecheese. On August 13th, there is this newer cheese shop in Providence, Rhode Island called Eastside Cheese, and they are just getting in the most incredible local and imported cheeses. 
And they're hosting their very first event. And I have no doubt at all, this will be the first of many. Their Instagram account is so cool and just so beautifully done. I mean, they've just got beautiful pictures of cheese, such as King Island Dairy Blue. They've got Moses Reaper. I mean, they're really crushing it on the content game. Simple and sweet and all the cheese you want to see. But their first event is going to be a taste of Switzerland. So listen to episode five and get caught up on Swiss cheeses before you go. But this is definitely a cheese shop to watch. The event is going to be from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. On October 14th, Churchtown Dairy is teaming up with Real Organic Project. It's going to be an all-day conference about saving real organic. And they recommend this conference to people who are in the farming world, um, interested in going organic, people who eat organic, or just really anyone interested in the sustainability of where our food comes from and whatnot. And it sounds like there's a real lot of really great speakers who are going to be doing smaller sessions and just learning a lot more about the system of food, where it comes from, the issues that people face. And, and this just sounds like a really great opportunity to become more present in where your food is coming from, how it's being developed, um, and also just a chance to learn more about how we can sustain our mother nature. Our, this is our one earth. It's the only chance we really have, right? And then finally, last thing, super brief, because I keep getting emails about it, and I promise I'll dive into details on this next episode. But the Academy of Cheese is hosting their Big Cheese Weekender in London. And there are so many events, so many great British and other international cheeses. So stay tuned, because more to come on that. All right, now is the moment I've been waiting for. We can close our eyes, time travel, teleport, whatever you need to do, and set yourself into Shelburne Farms over in Shelburne, Vermont. And we're going to find out why Shelburne Farms is so important for the youth of tomorrow, as well as why their cheddar cheese is so friggin' good. Shelburne Farms is just so much more than like a cheesemaker or a dairy farm. You know, probably the thing that pops into your mind when you think of like, a cheddar creamery, just cows, farms. It's got that. But it also just is so much more. It's this like gigantic estate with this gorgeous blossoming garden. Like it has a very important mission. In fact, let me pop over to their website and I will quote you what their mission is. The mission of Shelburne Farms is to inspire and cultivate learning for a sustainable future. Well, they are definitely doing that. They are offering like different resources to teachers to start incorporating like teaching about sustainability in their classrooms. They're maintaining like these lands where they're actually focusing on the nutrition of the soil. And the architecture in general is really beautiful. When we first pulled up, um, actually, we were walking around talking about the history. And I said to my husband and to Tom, like, this reminds me so much of the Biltmore in North Carolina. We had gone for a wedding and Tom just laughed and was like, yep. Biltmore, Vanderbilt, like Shelburne Farms has a lot of the Vanderbilt family going on in its history. And a light bulb just like totally went off in my head. Um, and people also agree with how beautiful this is. They actually host weddings and you can like stay over, I guess, party in the restaurant or even if you're in the area, have a beautiful meal there. Um, and it's just all while they're producing some of the best cheddar cheese over the last 43 years, and they're open to the public. Like, you can just pull up, walk the grounds. I mean, it was a beautiful day when we got there. I think it was, like, crummy in the morning, 
and it just started to get like nicer and nicer. And it was just when Vermont has like a perfect summer day, you know. If you're interested more in the deeper history of Shelburne knowledge or you want to seek out some more knowledge or maybe coordinate a trip up there, you've got to take a listen to Cutting the Curd's latest episode where Tom was featured as their guest as they launched their newest season. And also head on over to shelburnefarms.org. It's definitely the best place to see all of the ways Shelburne really, like, really plays a special part of Vermont. Um, it's about 15 to 20 minutes from Burlington, which another gorgeous Vermont town. I know I'm not that old, but as we were driving through, I couldn't help but be like, wow, what a nice college town for the kid. And it really is. It's got a lot of foods and shops and just a beautiful environment. It's right on the water. So anyway, I digress. Let's get to why you're still here. We went up to see Tom during the Vermont Cheese Festival. And yes, we survived the parking situation. If you know, you know, I'm only teasing. (laughs) Um, but we stopped at Shelburne Farms on the way up and charming town of Shelburne. It's really sweet. There's a lot of town pride in there. And so we meet up with Tom. We have a great history lesson. And then we had an even better tour. We got to see the farm store. We got to see where cheese was being made, where cheese ages. We got to meet. Actually, there was a whole beautiful, like, I guess after the milking of the cows or the cows were coming down from the pasture, maybe not the milking yet. Right. Those brown cows were just so beautiful, like just slowly strolling, you know, against us. We got to see the baby calves and obviously cows give kisses. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they have these, you know, soft tongues as babies. And I swear it's a lot like having a dog kiss you, I promise. And once we finished our tour, we headed down into the basement where there's like a couple classrooms and some offices and we tasted three different cheddar cheeses. We tasted the Shelburne Farm six month the two-year, and the cloth-bound cheddars. And by the way, the cloth-bound cheddar is also aged at Jasper Hills Cellars, which I had talked about Cabot cloth-bound in my first episode. Cloth-bound cheeses are a delight. Please go try them. I know I say this all the time, but like, I just love the cheese community. There's always so much like sharing and caring and, you know, leaving your shit at the door for the commonwealth and betterment of the cheese, right? Anyway, grab your apples, your beer, and your maple syrup and join us as we taste some cheddar all right so we've got three varieties of our cheddar that we're going to try today we've got our six-month cheddar we've got our two-year cheddar and we've got our cloth-bound cheddar uh the six-month cheddar and the two-year are what most people would refer to as block cheddar uh so block cheddar i think when we took the class together at UVM, you know that's the kind of baseline cheese that we all tried together yeah um and Basically, black cheddar is the cheddar that you'll find in grocery stores. It's got no rind. It, it's either somewhere from a straw yellow color, neon orange, or, <laughs> or just white as a cheddar. Um, you know, your uh, experience and mileage may vary depending on what brand and what, what, what your geographic area is. Because white cheddars are definitely more common in the Northeast. And then as you get into the Midwest, you'll get um, your annatto uh, colored cheddars so those are the bright orange cheddars and then you've got everything in between you've got you know lighter yellows uh you've got um cloth bound cheddars which you uh did a sensory evaluation on and you're doing another sensory evaluation on in this episode today so um before we started recording i was cleaning up these cheeses i always recommend if you're getting a prepackaged cheese 
uh, in vacuum sealed packaging, for example, to scrape off uh, the face of your cheese or as much of the face as you can, because there are, you know, plastic is a petroleum based product for the most part. And the fats from dairy products uh, will kind of mingle with the oils from the petroleum and the plastic. And that's what will produce like some of these weird flavors. So we're just trying to like freshen those up. We didn't do it on the six month cheddar. So we're going to try that it's first to taste the difference. And we're going to see. Do you recommend when someone buys a vacuum sealed plastic cheese to go home, open it and rewrap it in, let's say, like a more cheese type paper or a plastic paper wrap? I know like Optine is big, Formaticum is big. Mm -hmm. Is that like usually your first go to or you're you're pretty feel confident leaving it in its packaging? And Right. So with prepackaged shutters like this, where they're vacuum sealed and uh, oxygen deprived, um, they're actually in better shape in the uh, in the vacuum sealed packaging oh. as opposed to opening them. Okay. However, once you open them and you start serving and consuming them, yeah, um, then that's when you want to do triage. You, okay. uh, I would recommend. <laughs> I would recommend taking them out of the remainder of the vacuum sealed packaging mm -hmm. if you don't have a cheese paper or like Formaticum or Team available. I recommend using uh, wax paper or parchment paper, okay. wrapping that around, and then wrapping it tight in plastic yeah. wrap. Because that way you're you're not exposing the face of the cheese mm -hmm. to plastic. Right. But so that's what the parchment paper does. But you are like kind of like keeping air it, it. Yeah, yeah, air sealing it or like lessening the amount of exposure uh, to either oxygen or the know, elements the elements <laughs> with the plastic wrap right so, right on so cool. that's how i do it good to know so this first one I, I i didn't clean it up at all okay and i mean obviously like when we did the you know the tasting together mm -hmm. you know once you do cut into a cheese that has been pre-packaged you know all those flavor esters and aroma do come out and they right. do kind of reinvigorate yeah the, the flavors of the cheese so let's uh let's dig in and okay. see if we can like taste the plastic <laughs> taste and then see what kind of flavors so when you're doing your podcast yeah. alone <laughs> how do you typically engage with the cheeses when you're tasting them and getting the sensory right well i try not to eat them on the microphone mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do is actually on a thursday night we'll grab like four cheeses and i took the academy of cheese level one so i'll print out the tasting sheets from that mm -hmm. and just start going by okay like what am i looking at what are the colors am i noticing any veins am i noticing the texture and then from there, it kind of has like a one to 10 ratio. Mm -hmm. And there have been times where we've written like 12 or like negative two, you know, it's <laughs> right, right, right. really outrageous. And then you kind of just go into smelling it. I try to keep a flavor wheel handy. Actually, for people who take my classes, I incorporate a printed out little cardboard index card flavor wheel. And people love to be like, what does ammonia mean? I'm like, it means don't eat it. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't just have to be positive flavors here. This is just the wheel of knowledge, if you will. And uh, yeah, then we just kind of go from there and then bite into it. I try to do um, to go tasting with Madame Fromage mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. And she has this like cheese tasting yoga breath. So you put the cheese on your tongue, you inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth and then eat it. Mm -hmm. And you get like the smells kind of in your mouth, mm -hmm. uh, which was another cool way to do it. So we just kind of really talk about it over our dining table. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, Cheap little date night too, well, you know? Yeah. Let's dive in. So... <laughs> Definitely has a classic cheddar smell. It's got that dairy. You know, it smells like to me. What? Buttered popcorn. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, well, let's try it. Yeah. Mild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, so this is actually my, the favorite cheddar of ours that we produce here at the Okay. Farm. A couple of reasons. One, it's because of its mildness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been on the counter and in the cheese industry for 15 years. Yeah. I've had every extreme flavor of yeah, cheese, yeah. you know, hit my palate <laughs> during that time. And those are wonderful. Right. But, you know, there's also a lot of joy that can be found in nuance. Yeah. And like searching for the flavor. Uh, like I do enjoy when like flavors just like ah, come out and like make themselves very aware. Of course. But, but teasing out and going on that discovery with a cheese like this that, you know, everybody thinks that they know. Right. What it, it, it is so exciting because it's, an, it's, so different from what I think people expect from a New England cheddar. Right. Um, I also really enjoy this cheese because I feel like this, the flavors that are produced with this age profile mm-hmm. are like kind of the most symbolic or emblematic of our like kind of dairying and farming systems here mm-hmm. at Chalmers Farms. So like that, like buttery flavor, yeah. you know, that's due, I feel in part to the breed of cows that we use, the, the brown Swiss with those elevated levels of butterfat. Yeah. Um, the cheese is as chill as the cow's demeanor. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and then like, you know, the, they're like light grassy notes too. Mm-hmm. And I like, was a little floral mm-hmm. kind of herbal earthy, not earthy so much, but grassy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of what I would imagine cows are ingesting. Totally. Yeah. And we're a pasture-based dairy farm. So I really feel like those two like kind of just symbolize right you know what we're about as an organization and the way that we approach dairy right. farming it's not really like a flash in the pan kind of cheese like mm-hmm. i had this portuguese cheese in episode number three uh Ovella mentegado and like that'll punch you in the face <laughs> by way of the tasting and this to me is just like oh hi how are you it's a warm summer day i want like a plate of cherries i want like sit outside with like a drink of sorts and you could eat a little bit of this every day and like never get sick of it right yeah um, I also like this cheese a lot because it is such a great melter. Mm, um, I can see that. It, it's like fantastic for burgers, grilled cheeses, throwing into your mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I, and um, Tyler, you, we may not have heard you, but you were like creamy. And like, <laughs> that is actually one of the, you know, first century things that people do comment on in our cheese. And it is, again, due to the brown Swiss cows elevated levels of butterfat like it just carries yeah mm-hmm. but it doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth where you're like like right. a lot of cheeses do um what would you pair with the six-month cheddar and it could be alcoholic non-alcoholic water so we developed a handy cheat gun. oh here we go so we uh, you can't see this at home because we're not <laughs> recording but we've got a little guide to uh, to our cheddars that we produce we produce um Four different styles of cheddar, seven intentionally, one unintentionally. But for the six months, uh, we, we recommend um, preserves. Um, what else do I like for this? So, so like any sort of fruited preserves, mm-hmm. so like, you know, mixed Big berry jam. jam. Yeah. No, not even. Not, oh. No, think think uh, berries. Okay. So, so like raspberry jam, yeah, yeah. Um, apricot. strawberry jam, apricot. Yep. Um, what else do we like with this? We like it with maple syrup. Mm. And that is another thing that is made at Shelburne Farms as well. Mm-hmm. If only there is some. Uh, well, uh, insert like a do 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 do. As luck would have it, there is some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is our amber grade maple syrup. So it looks amazing. A little little like primer on 
Thank you. Maple syrup is maple syrup comes in three grades, but most okay. people only know of one, yep. and that is the amber grade of maple syrup. And that's because it is the period of sugaring that is the longest. Okay. So at the beginning of the sugaring season, you get sap that can be turned into what's known as golden syrup. And golden syrup is very light, very delicate. I always suggest like using it as a cocktail mixer. Yeah. Um, oh, bourbon. Pouring it on top of like ice, uh, ice cream, cream mm-hmm. um, using it as a finisher for like mm-hmm. roasted vegetables, like Brussels sprouts. You know, it, it's just got this like delicate, like yeah, not yeah. saccharine, like sweet taste. Amber is like 70% of like the season, maybe even more. Um, and it's like, your classic maple syrup color. I mean, we're looking Beautiful. at it right now. It, it, it's got like hints of red and brown. It, it, it's almost very autumnal yeah, um, very. In, in, in its uh, presentation. And this is like the classic maple syrup that I think we all know and love. Mm-hmm. The last stage is dark. Yeah. Um, and basically, because I'm old, mm-hmm. um, dark reminds me of maple syrup from when I was like, a little kid so okay. like i'm 47 so like when i was like five years old yeah and i mean that that is due in part to you know changing technology uh used for maple syrup production and you can totally edit this out no that's but, okay. but like you know there there's this thing called a reverse osmosis machine and basically what it does is you're able to increase the heat without like sacrificing the volume okay so uh you're able to basically like caramelize and develop a, a richer hue yeah. uh, of syrup while maintaining higher levels of volume. Do you find that it's like thicker, the uh, texture? No, okay, it, I, I, find it th- I find it thinner. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so I find most modern syrup thinner. Okay. Um, but dark syrup yeah. is closest to what I remember okay. when, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, where it's got that really viscous like mouthfeel. It's coating your tongue and like yeah, the roof yeah, of yeah. your mouth. <laughs> and it's got, and like, I feel like that's got buttery notes, but. That this is, you know, classic maple syrup. So uh, these are a little large. You know, what? I was going to say, I really appreciate the large syrup. <laughs> are we about to finish three blocks of cheese between three of us? Yeah, I believe in us. Um, so uh, just take the toothpick. All right. And, uh, dunk it right into the syrup. D- dump it, dunk it right in. I love maple syrup. This is a, I do like cheese with caramel sauce too. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. It's like pancakes. Oh my God, the better. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I've noticed, especially with six months, is it teases out like this, like kind of sour, acidic yeah. plant flavors. Yeah. So it went from like pancakes to yogurt. Right, you know? right. It's almost like I wanted to taste like pancakes longer in mm-hmm. a way, but maybe I just need to like fully immerse my cheese mm-hmm. in the syrup, you know? That is such a great combination. Yeah. Wow. So good. I have to try <laughs> <laughs> We'll let you. Mmm, that is fantastic. But yeah, you're right. It kind of cuts that like bit of tang. Mm-hmm. But even though it's so mild anyway, like you right. don't need to, but it's a nice, nice buffer, mm-hmm. if you will. So, great. Um, I didn't taste, I, I couldn't tell a difference between plastic or not. I mean, you know, was, I was, I guess we actually we should try one that yeah. was cleaned off so we can right. really get the. Here we are. Okay. Taste a rainbow. <laughs> I don't really notice it. I don't think I noticed it. I think I want to notice it because now I know. But no, that is an excellent cheese. Thank you. That is a classic. Um, cut that up with like an apple. Yep. That is a all American cheddar cheese. Yeah, I want to put that in a burger. So when you oh, bite into the burger, it kind of just you know oozes everywhere. 
So mm. we're going to move on. Okay. Now we have the two-year cheddar. Two-year cheddar. So uh, we have four regular age varieties of our cheddar. We've got the six-month, we've got the one-year, two-year, and the three-year. So okay. we're jumping over the one-year. Okay. And to be fair, the one-year is our sharp cheddar. Okay. But I think that there's like a misconception of what sharp means. Right. And I think we covered this in, in class, but yeah. sharp really means nothing. Right. You know? <laughs> but, you know, sharp is a handy phrase that people can use to kind of delineate what they're looking for in terms of a flavor experience. And I think like a lot of people use sharp when they're looking for strong or robust or flavorful. Yeah. And really as a cheese professional or somebody that really loves cheese, you know, it's your not your job but like you will have a much better experience on a cheese counter or even reading signs at, at, a, at a grocery store if you can really pin down the flavors that you're hoping to yeah. engage with so for me sharp means basically like that sweet buttery profile mm -hmm. starts but then you get this hit of acid at the end. Yeah. And, and it's sharp. noticeable. It's not like this where you're kind of having to tease it out by, right. you know, dipping it into syrup. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, sharp is like, okay, I'm starting to pick up those acidic flavors. Yeah. And then our two year is actually in what we would consider extra sharp. Okay. So um, I was hoping you were going on track. Shift. So the extra sharp is going to be much more acid forward. Like acid should be the first um, flavor note that, you encounter yeah definitely smell it yeah and, yep. and, and you know th this cheese smells a little sulfury yeah little eggy and this yep. is very typical amongst vermont new england cheddars right and that is due in part um, to, well to the glacial oh the, yes okay so, the, so yeah. it, it's you know all the calcium all the minerals that are in the soil right you know because those of, do get expressed through the milk yeah uh, and you're talking about you know 10,000 100,000 years of geologic history right just coming through coming the milk through the, yeah and you know we just do end up with this like eggier more sulfuric yeah. kind of aroma and some people like outside of the northeast don't really enjoy it sorry I didn't right no no you're good <laughs> So. I can understand that. I could completely see they're like, this isn't what I mm -hmm. wanted, I guess, when they think of aged cheddar. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm, I like this kind of cheddar. So this is what we're best known for. Yeah. You can find this mm. in select markets like down in New York, all throughout New England. Yeah. Uh, West Coast, Midwest. It's, it's funky. It's smoky, but it doesn't have that smoked cheese flavor to mm -hmm. it. It's definitely grassy. Mm -hmm. Wow. But. Yeah. Really, really acidic up front. And then, yeah, like all these other like kind of tart citric flavors coming mm -hmm. through. You know, this is, this is a little more like citric than I would I normally associate that. with this cheese. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of crystal development in there yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just got one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tart. Yeah, but then there's like, yeah, that smoky, like a, smoky right? herbaceous thing. Yeah. It's almost like it finishes on like a tree bark level mm -hmm. in like a great way. Mm hmm. Mm. And now that you've been here for quite some time, you kind of notice different batches tasting differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's cool. And the goal that we have as a team, you know, we, we've got a cheese team of about six people, mm -hmm. including myself, that will evaluate cheeses, you know, and we determine like where they end up in terms of our sales mm -hmm. um, channels. And the goal is for us to be more or less on the same page. Okay. So, you know, it, it usually takes about a month for people to pick up like, 
what we think a good cheddar is versus yeah, yeah. or a typical cheddar versus, you know, one that's off spec. Right. And it, it, it's really gratifying when we're only about like a half point off from each other. Oh, great. Because uh, once you do get like, you know, you'll have like people be like 6.5, 6.5, 6, yeah. you know, and then like somebody will be like five. And it's like, uh, but we, 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 I think we've learned that like super tasters will have much more visceral reactions yeah, yeah. to um, some of the extreme flavors that we get. Yeah. I'm just going to try this maple syrup as well okay i would say that was my next question all maple syrup all the time and you find that the i mean for those of you who can't see what we're up to which is all of you um the texture of the two-year tends to offer a little bit more crumble a little bit more of that age not as elastic and you find that's something that commonly happens the longer you age the more correct so that's a pr proteolysis mm -hmm. or proteolysis okay um basically it's protein breakdown okay What's happened is we've converted all the lactose, the lactic sugar, mm -hmm. into acid. Okay, so there's just all this acid coursing through these like veins of curd for you know for six months. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do a lot, but uh, over the course of two years, it's just going to continue to grow and expand. It's like, kind of like a, a refreshing well. Yeah, and that's what produces those really acidic and tart flavors. But it will also contribute to you know that. It'll, it'll essentially cause the whey to weep out as yeah. well uh, because you're shocking the proteins. Sort right. of like if you've ever, you, are you familiar with the cinericis or cinerias? I don't think so. So basically that's like when you shock a protein so much that it like starts to expel water. Oh. Uh, you can see it in like fried eggs. Yeah. But you can also see it in cheese. Huh. Uh, and with cheese, it's more common because you're essentially just shocking the protein yeah. with acid. Um, and it's causing like the liquid or the right, moisture right. to expel out. So it's making it a little drier. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Science yeah. fun with Tom, everyone. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> can look like wet sometimes if it sits out. Like if you've uh, if you've ever received like um, Roquefort, yeah, like they'll just be like the big bleeding out in a way, bleeding yeah. away. Yeah, that, that, yeah. You know, it's kind of like I dare you to drink that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right, right. Wow, this one with maple syrup, I love also. That is quite apparent yeah and like it, i don't even notice a turn as much as i did with the six months right like, like it was a very straightforward kind of engagement um, like it belongs together right yeah i feel that all right so the last one that we're going to try together is our cloth bound cheddar okay so i know you did the cap at cloth bound yes so what it makes yours different it's made here. Well, that. <laughs> um, but in reality, it's aged at the cellars at Jasper Hill. Oh, awesome. It's in the same room as the Cabot Cloth Bound. Great. Is it also rubbed with lard? Yep. Cool. Rubbed with lard and cloth. Same environmental conditions. Yep. Different cows. Uh, different cows. Different size also. Okay. Our wheels of cloth bound are only about 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Uh, Cabot Cloth Bound, I think, is clothing and I have 30 to 35 mm -hmm. pounds per wheel. So that is different. Um, one of the other differences is just due to our own safety programs, we hold on to our cheese for 60 days before we send it out. to the sellers. And, you know, that's not something that they requested. That's something that we decided. Smart. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're able to get more dynamic flavors because they're getting that cheese at maybe day two, two, okay. two or three. Yeah. yeah. Um, the majority of, Microbial activity 
takes place like in the first two weeks. Okay. I mean, the majority really takes place in the first eight hours yeah. during the make, but there's going to be continued residual microbial activity that occurs over the next couple of weeks. And you're not going to be able to jumpstart that if you're holding it in a right. colder environment. You know, we're, we're, we're getting some microbial activity, yeah. but when you're holding it into like about a 52 degree Fahrenheit right, a little bit warmer. room, like that's what's going to make it go, woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're able to get like really dynamic flavors and textures in like nine months, yeah. where this takes us about 14 months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, so you sent it over when it's 60 days and yeah. then 60 days minus 14 months. Is that no, what we're looking at? No. Okay. So it, it spends about a year there. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and we actually did a lot of like evaluation on that, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, aging it is an expensive thing, you know, right. that there, there's weight loss and everything. So we, we, we were actually trying to see if we could get it back a couple of months sooner, but, Oh, okay. but That's we like found that like there. 14 months is the sweet spot. The sweet spot for yeah. us, so it's funny how cheese kind of tells you when it's ready, right. you know, it's, you try anything you want, but it's like. I'll let you know when I'm good and ready and mm -hmm. right. So grab a piece. All right. And do you notice, I mean, similarly to like other, you know, cloth-bound whatnot, or even other different grinds, like the flavor kind of changes as you get towards it? Right. Yeah. So, so you know, we're, I basically took a, a wedge of our cheese and like I cut it from rind to rind. Yep. And then I cut it in half so that we could start with the middle of the paste and okay. then work our way down to okay. the rind. So mm, Very creamy. Mm-hmm. It tastes different than oh. the other cheddars. Wow. So ours are more in line with the English flavor, flavor profile. Okay. One that I think that we're really closely attuned to is um, to their two. Quicks and Montgomery's. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are the two English cheddars mm -hmm. that we're more aligned with with our flavor profile. Yeah. There's a lot of earthy flavors. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be in almost any cloth bound, especially once you get closer to the rind. But there's lots of horseradishy and mustard flavors. There's also, it's not as pronounced here, um, but there's a lemony tartness okay. in this cloth-bound cheddar that you don't typically find in American yeah. cloth-bound cheddars. And uh, I find the American, majority of American cloth-bound cheddars are more aligned with the American palate. So right. there are some you know, sweeter flavors, caramely, brothy, mm -hmm. um, that are wonderful. Right, but like, right. It's very distinct from this. So we kind of position ourselves as an English cloth bound, but made in America. Okay, I can totally um, see that. And, and, you know, it's a great way to support domestic cheese. Um, not that I have anything against our, our friends in the UK. <laughs> but, you know, people that are looking for for that and they're like stymied by boat delays or whatever. Right, right. Um, it, it's, it's a way to get that yeah. cheese into their shops. You know, it, it is a fair bit more expensive than, say, Cabot Cloth Bound. Mm -hmm. And that's just due to the fact that we have limited aging space right. at the sellers, whereas they have all the yeah. vault floor. They can do that. Um, they've been very generous <laughs> to give us two sets of shelves, mm -hmm. but that kind of limits our production to about 120 wheels a year. Right. Okay. So, more of a rare gem. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the cost reflects that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is very good. And for yeah. the people that are looking for this flavor profile, it is you know, yeah. something that they're really going to attune to. We had a British Black Betty cheddar not too long ago, mm -hmm. and I find that the center of that kind of gives the same English cheddar taste, but then the closer you get to the rind of this cheddar, definitely a lot more earthy. I almost get like, I smell peanut, like a peanut butter on the rind. Okay. On the rind. Hmm. 
I can see that. Like ground peanuts in a yeah. way. Um, but like what? Well, like the skins, peanuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when you're trying to. Mm-hmm. Lately, mm-hmm. I've been on a crusade of like making my own almond milk, and whenever I peel them off, my fingers like smell like the skins yeah. of the almonds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonder, this is delightful. I wonder what the uh, like kind of aroma compounds right. are in like kind of. Right, or like a baseball skins. game when you're like mm-hmm. cracking open those peanuts. Yep. That's exact. I taste totally. it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very you good. Find it a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about cloth bound is like, you know, as you dive in from the middle of the page, it's it's a different cheese. Completely different cheese. Oh my gosh. You have like a frothy sharper. Like I taste a little bit Mm -hmm. in the back of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And then as you get towards, I'm like, oh, we're just eating like peanuts at a ball game. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So so yeah, those, those those are the three cheddars that, you know, we, we, we're tasting today. Great selection. You know, that's, um, upon a similar to the farm upon first glance i'm like oh cool we're going to this farm and they make cheese and i'm like oh wait no there's a whole education gardens you know you can stay and eat um at the same time i feel like metaphorically speaking you've got all cheddars but you've selected three completely different cheddars so it's like we're going to taste cheddar but it's like actually so much more than that given the flavor profiles how long they're aged and they're different characteristics so and one thing that i think is important for me to point out is yeah. like you know we're not going about each day and saying, oh, we're going to make six months today. We're going to make yeah. tomorrow. We're going to make, you know, three year uh, the next day. We're just making cheddar. Yeah. And we're really allowing the skill of our cheese makers and the quality of the milk and the work that our dairy team does. And really like the cheese itself to express itself to its full potential. And that's, you know, anywhere from a six month cheddar, one year cheddar, two year cheddar, three year cheddar. Um, you know, I think that we always strive to make a three-year cheddar because I think that we feel that's the pinnacle of what we can make. I think, you know, a lot of times we just end up with some really awesome two-year. Right, uh, right. Okay, yeah, like how do you allocate which ones go where? So we'll do a grading system. So um, every day we make one batch of cheddar. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're only using the milk of our, uh, the cows from our herd. So we're a farmstead cheddar. and what we'll do is the day after the cheese makers, we'll take a, a plug. We'll take a, a plug from the cheese mm-hmm. and we'll basically put it onto this machine that melts down and dehydrates the cheddar. We'll, okay. we'll like grind it up and it forms what the cheese makers call a cookie. But what's going on is, is it was essentially producing this vapor and this vapor in turn gets like sucked down and like it goes onto this analysis machine. And what it will do is it'll spit out data on the level of salt level of fat, um, acidity levels, and one other thing. I always forget the other thing, but those are three of them. Now, basically, what it will do is it will spit out a score. And based off of 40 years of empirical data, like we've determined that like this certain score means it's going to be six months. This certain score means no it's one way. year. This certain score means two years. This one means three years. And that cheese is relatively young while you're grading it, right? Correct. Wow. Kind of reminds me of like Harry Potter with like the sorting hat. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How cool is that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a fun fact. You know, for six months on our one-year cheddar, yeah, because like there's very little that can go off the rails right, at that bad. young of an age. We just kind of let it do its thing, and then like we'll cut it up and reassess you know we'll, we'll reassess it if we need to. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, those just kind of age. Yeah. Move along. Cool. Move along. But with a two-year cheddar, we want to make sure that like. We're not going to be wasting our time with it. Right. So, By the time you open it, then you're like, this is not good. So we'll evaluate it at six months, make sure it's on track. Mm-hmm. And then we'll evaluate it again at like two years. 
cool. uh, or close to two years. Yeah. And like at two year, we'll determine has it been aging enough or has it taken an age curve that will determine if we need to cut it now or can we cut it later? Yeah. Or does it become uh, a tractor cheddar? Oh, and on that, uh, we've heard a lot about tractor cheddar. Right. Do you want to give us a little sure. explanation on what that is? Absolutely. So basically, as far as we're concerned, you know, when you buy our cheese, our Shelburne Farms cheddar, whether it's here at the farm or it's in New York or in San Francisco or in Minneapolis, we want you to basically have the same experience, you know, with flavor and texture and enjoyment. Um, tractor just says no. Um, <laughs> tractor is going to have some dynamic, like out of range flavors that we basically don't want to have, like contaminate the kind of flavor profile of our core age profiles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if something like a six month cheddar, like got really off spec, like it developed like kind of like gasoline or like nail polish kind of flavors, mm -hmm. which, you know, I've heard you talking about like horse blankets yeah. and wet wool, <laughs> but like those kind of chemically metallic yeah. flavors are something that you can find in cheese and like they're, they're not very enjoyable. So, so we'll consign like flavors like that into the tractor profile. And people love it. People love it. Um, you know, when I did a lot more demos, especially down around like Montpelier, all the old farmers would come in and they'd say, this is what cheese used to taste like. So, <laughs> and, and like the, you know, the, 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 there's kind of a double-edged sword to that. Like, you know, there was a lot less like direction that the cultures were kind of driving the cheese into, you know, that it, it was a little more feral. Yeah, yeah. And now we've gotten to a point where, you know, you can basically make a cheese go any which way that you want. Right. If you pasteurize the milk and like, there's no interference and you can make whatever you want right. and no matter the quality of your milk. All right. And that's tractor chatter. That's tractor chatter. Cool. So that's our, our tasting exercise. And thank you it. so much for coming. Thank you so much for having us. This is a great entry event into the Vermont cheese weekend and the Jasper Hill 20th anniversary. So we're starting off strong. All right. So just want to say thanks again to Tom Perry at Shelburne Farms for introducing us to some of the best cheddar we've ever had, as well as a couple of different types of breakdowns of each cheese itself. So if you ever find yourself outside the Burlington area, I highly recommend spending the afternoon and evening, at least, you know, kind of two parts of your day over at Shelburne Farms. There's plenty to do, plenty to learn about and some really great snacks as well as great food. If there's another creamery or farm I should stop by and do an on-site tasting with, please let me know. I would love to keep this trend alive. That's all I have for now, cheese friends. Until next time. But the fun doesn't end here, my lactose-loving friends. Whether you're a cheese connoisseur or just waking up to the cheesy world that exists beyond pre-cut Cracker Barrel, there is always more to discover and more to savor. So be sure to check out my Instagram for more dairy delights at the Bees Cheese. That's the... B as in me, Brittany, S as in Swiss, and cheese. And of course, if there's a cheese that I need to try, go ahead and slide right into my DMs because curd is always the word. Bye for now. Bye.